Uh, you remember the good old days, like January, February, back in the, you know, when uh, you could make plans and <laughs> go to games and uh, games existed that you could go to and, um, you know, remember movies? That was fun. Um, but like kids went to school. It's so funny to actually hear my kids go, Dad, I want to go to school. And I'm like, what's happening? Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they want to go to school. But boy, um, different circumstances um, would definitely be helpful. But, you know, we are living in, in what would be considered unprecedented times. But you know what's interesting is how many people I've talked to um, since we've come back and the amount of times that I've heard from people since we've been able to come back and meet in person, and they've said something along these lines or some version of this, I had no idea how much I missed going to church. I've had various people say that, and I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, felt that. And, and I realize that there's, there's also still some people at, at home watching that don't feel comfortable yet, but boy, they, they miss it. And being able to come back um, to church. Man, such an important thing. And it's one of those you didn't realize maybe how much you missed it until you didn't have it um, in, in a manner of speaking. But boy, I've heard that so many times. And you know, people are um, today are tense. People are um, easily agitated. Some of us already were, but we're just more easily agitated now. Um, some people are just terrified. Some people are scared to death. And, and it really, in some ways, begs the question of what's missing? What's missing? What, what is missing today? Because I've talked to a lot of people who feel disconnected. They feel a sense of, of hopelessness, lacking confidence, um, many people lacking direction, drifting into bad habits, maybe drifting back to something they, they, you know, that maybe they felt they had conquered before, and you, and you start drifting back into things um, as, as all of this just starts to, to kind of you know, do, do what it's doing to, to everybody in many ways. But, you know, life is not working the way that we intended it to be. And, um, and so what's missing? Well, I'm going to give you part of what I think is, is probably a part of, of an answer and that we can all be a part of, and that is this word, church. I feel like church is missing. And before you jump to conclusions about what I'm talking about with that, just stick with me for a second because I want to talk about church today. I want to talk about the church because it's God's chosen vehicle, and I want you to see the context of that because I believe what is missing in a lot of people's lives today, and it was missing before the pandemic, it's just become more obvious now, is church. And church as God intended it to be, and some of us need a reminder of that. Some of us need a reminder, and some of us maybe need to hear it put the way in which it's going to be put today because we have this preconceived notion of what is wrong about the church or maybe wrong about what church is. And so let's break it down just a little bit for a minute here. Um, the, the root word, the Greek word, it's, it's translated in the New Testament 107 times. And it's the word ekklesia. And it's, it's two words, ek meaning uh, to come out of, and klesia meaning uh, calling. And when those are put together, um, the word really means uh, in many ways like to assemble, to gather, um, and, and to be called out. Um, and, and it's really, it's who we are. We are the church. We are the church. And you're going to hear that many times today. And we are gathered together. We gather together to be strengthened and, and to be called out. And, and that word, ecclesia, it's mentioned for the very first time in the Bible 
in all of the Bible, that word for church in the New Testament, and guess who mentions it the very first time? Jesus. He's the first one to mention that word and to use that word. And he uses it in a pop quiz, really, that he gives to his disciples. And so he's sitting down with his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, and, he's, and, and he gives them uh, this little pop quiz. And he says, who do people say that I am? Who, who are people saying that I am? And they say, well, uh, some people are saying that you're John the Baptist, or some people are saying that you're uh, maybe one of the prophets like Isaiah or, or uh, Jeremiah or, or something along those lines. And... Um, so they're like, well, you know, that, this is who everybody's saying that you are. And, and then Jesus looks specifically at Peter and he says, but you, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then Jesus answers back with this statement that is really going to be the crux of what we're going to be looking at today. And he says this in Matthew 16. He says, on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is his church. It is his church, and Jesus loves his church, and he cares about his church, and he loves and he wants to build his church. There are some very specific things that Jesus says here as we break it down when it comes to church. And you know, when I think about some events and milestones and things in my life, I can't help but come to the conclusion that many of them are because of church in my life. And, and I, I hope that a lot of you maybe have, have that as well, and some of you don't. But let me just say for my life, I, I, can, I can honestly say this, that um, when I was born, I was taken home, and then the first place I was taken was to church. It really was. I was raised in a godly home, and I'm so thankful for that. But it was the first place that I was, I was taken, really, and I've always been drawn to the church. Um, and I, I didn't always feel like I belonged because the church is full of people and sinful people, and sometimes people are, you know, people. And, and that happens. But, but for the most part, I've, I've always been drawn to the church, and it, and it really has been the place that I felt like I belonged the most. And that's because of church. I've got to do some really cool things and be a part of some, some stuff. I got to be in some plays and stuff like that on stage with, with my sister and with, um, and, and with my cousins and, and with some friends. I got to be on TV because the church used to be on TV and now I'm still on TV. Um, and I got to sing on TV. Didn't think I'd end up being a televangelist, but all of us have become in this time. Um, but, you know, when some of my very best friends that I have in my life and still to this day are because of church, I wouldn't have some of them, some of you, if it were not for church, for God's chosen vehicle of the church. And when my wife and I, when Valerie and I started dating, I actually brought her to church pretty early on when we started dating. Um, and she loved it. She wasn't raised in, in a home that, that went to church all the time and, and certainly not the kind of community that, that we have as, as church. And, and she, you know, she really didn't, it was unlike anything she'd ever been to before in terms of the community and the relationships and, and really what it was. Um, and then we got married and we really found purpose and, and a desire to want to serve together. And so we started serving together and, and we took a class of seventh grade boys and people thought we were crazy for doing that and maybe we were a little bit. Um, but we, it, it was awesome. And I ended up getting to be their youth pastor and, and seeing them all the way up through. Um, and that was, man, such an awesome thing. Um, but because of church, I got to be a part of that. 
I've been able to raise my kids in church. I've been able to baptize my kids. Um, and, and all of that because of church. Um, I've been to the UK twice. I've been to Ireland twice. I've been a part of 14 missions trips. And again, I'm not bragging here. I'm just saying a lot of the major awesome milestones in my life are because of church. The fact that I'm a pastor is really just kind of the, that's the icing on the cake. It's not the cake. It's, it's a really cool piece to that. Called into full-time ministry as a pastor had it not been for church. Had it not been for God's ordained vehicle of the church. My whole life, a lot of, in fact, a majority of my life, if I'm being honest, um, and a majority of what I find meaningful in life is a reflection of God's work through God's people of the church. And it's because I'm a follower of Christ. It's because I'm a part of the bride of Christ. It's not, it's, like I said, the, the pastor piece is just the cherry on top. But I hope many of you have the same kind of story. And I understand that some of us have actually been wronged by the church. And I get that, that there are some stories out there of some of you here and maybe some of you watching online where, where you have felt uh, like you've been wronged from the church. And I'm, and I'm sorry for that. Because that's not the church working in the way that Jesus intended his church to work. But we have to keep in mind the church is full of sinful people. And that sometimes, as I said, people don't make the best decisions. But, you know, God has used God's people to make such an impact of my life had it not been for church and to be a part of the bride of Christ. And church is, it's a part of my identity. It is, it's a part of who I am. And I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm proud of it. And in fact, I want others to experience it because quite frankly, they don't know what they're missing. There are a lot of people in this world today that don't know what they're missing. And yes, I'm fired up today, so be ready for it, all right? We are a part of the bride of Christ. We are a part of the bride of Christ and that should, have, that, that should actually have an emotional kind of um, impact on you when you think about that term. That, should, that should, should make a difference because Jesus says, I will build my church, and he has been building your life and my life, and he does that through the church. He's been building your life to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of a bigger calling and his mission in this world. And that should connect with us emotionally. It really should. And if it doesn't, what's missing in your life? What's missing in your life? What, what, what is missing in your life that, that maybe should be should be different. Why is it that you feel disconnected? Why is it that you feel alone or you feel trapped or hopeless or desperate? What is missing from your life? Maybe, maybe you're missing church. Maybe you're missing church and maybe the church is missing you. Maybe the church is missing you. What I'm suggesting today is a shift in mindset. I'm not just playing with words. I'm not just doing a play on words. I'm a marketing guy. I can play on words all day. That's not what this is. See, we don't just go to church. We don't just go to church. If you can go to church, then you can leave the church. We don't just go to church. Church is not just a destination. It's an identity. Church is not a building. It's a people. And it's interesting because the first time Jesus mentions the church, and, and he says this, to Peter and he says to the church he says I will build my church and then he says and we will then take care of the widows no he actually doesn't say that not that that's not an important thing to him that is an extremely important thing to him we should do that as the church absolutely but he, he doesn't say I will build my church and then I will bring peace on earth and you will bring peace on earth he doesn't say that he says that later that part of what he's come to do is to bring peace on earth but that's not what he says right then 
What he says right there is he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, the first time he's talking about the church and he mentions this, he makes it very clear and he makes it very plain that we are engaged in a war. And so what's missing from your life? Maybe you're not engaged in the war. We need to engage in the war. And we need to recognize that we are engaged in the war. We need to be making a difference. We need to be pushing back the forces of darkness as we have been created and called to do as his church. We are the church. And we need to recognize that we are in crazy times. I think we all recognize that, that yeah, we're in crazy times, but maybe we need to recognize that we are in a war and maybe part of the problem is you're not engaged in the war. I remember when I was in eighth grade, um, I had to wait for my mom to pick me up from school and I'm standing behind the building and, uh, and it, because of her work schedule and stuff, I actually had to wait about 20 minutes or so after school for her to come get me um, just because of the timing. So I was always just standing back there by myself and I'm standing behind the building and I'm leaning up against the wall and uh, I'm, I turn around and um, you know, look like this and all of a sudden there's this guy standing there and he's like this. And I'm like, what's happening? And he, and he looks at me and he says, I, I heard you've been talking junk about me but he didn't say junk. And um, he used some other words. And literally, this was my response. Who are you? I had no idea who this guy was. No clue. And, and he's like, yeah, I heard you've been talking junk about me. I'm like, who are you? You know? And, and I look around, and I see a group of, of other uh, students standing back there. And, and I come to find out later that, that one of the guys um, that was in that group paid this guy five bucks to beat me up because I thought his girlfriend was attractive. Um, and so I turn around and look at this guy and, and he, he punches and he hits me right here. And I kind of lean down into it. This is the hardest part of your skull, so it didn't really hurt. Um, I, I kind of was like, and I didn't react, like I didn't swing back or anything because I was still so confused. I'm like, what's going on? What is happening right now? And, and he, you know, he says it again, I heard you've been talking junk about me, you know, you're going to fight me or whatever. And I'm like, no. And so I just walked away and I walked up and I, and I told the assistant principal, just in case you're wondering, and he happened to be standing outside of the building. And so I walked up and told him and that kid got suspended for, for a week. And it actually, it took me a week to figure out who, is, who he was. I didn't even, I still didn't know his name even after that. And I come to find out all of this stuff later, but here's the point of that story. I had no idea I was in a fight and apparently I was in a fight. Um, I had no clue that I was in a battle. And I think there's too many of us that aren't recognizing the fact that we are in a fight. We are in a fight, we are in a battle, and we need to realize that there is someone attacking us. There is someone attacking you, and his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy, and we are the church. We are in a battle, and as the church, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Look at what it says here in, in Ephesians. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We need to realize, church, that we are in a battle. And we also need to realize, and this might be uncomfortable, but here it is, if I'm being honest with you, that our battle is not against mask wearers or non-mask wearers. Our battle is not against who's voting what way or who's voting the other way. Our battle is not against who's posting this or who's posting that. 
on social media. Our battle is not against those things. Our battle is against the spiritual forces of this dark world, and we are called to be the light. We are called to be a force of love. We are called to push back the kingdom of darkness. We are called to engage in the battle in the way Jesus wants us to engage in the battle. Craig Rochelle says it this way when he's talking about the church. He says, we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. Think about that for a second. Holistically, as the church, we have been way too much here, spiritual consumers. It's time for us to be here, spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. We are essential workers. There's a, there's a phrase that all of us have heard a bunch of times over the last few months, but I want you to think about this for a second. If the church is supposed to be a spiritual hospital, and it is, more or less, then you and I are the essential workers coming out of the hospital. Yes, we've had some amazing essential workers in the medical field and all of those things, and absolutely, those, those people are, are amazing, have, have been um, you know, a lot of the heroes and all of that during this time, absolutely. But if we are to be the spiritual contributors that God is calling us to be, we need to recognize the fact that the church, Jesus' church, we are the essential workers. And it's time for us to step up. We need to be essential. We are the church. We are essential. We believe that the local church is the hope of this world and that we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. I hope that you know that. I hope that you believe that because it's not about us. It's about the church. You are essential. Be the church. We need to be the church. Look at Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Paul says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Who are we? We're the church. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. We should be known for generosity and for seeking justice and for expressing love and, and not backing down in the face of opposition, but, but taking the message of Jesus all over the world. What's missing from your life? Maybe it's church, and maybe the church is missing you. Maybe we need to be more engaged in being the church because church isn't a destination. It's an identity, it's not a building, it's a people. If you can go to church, you can leave the church. That's not what we are. We are the church. We need to be engaged. We are here for the world. We need to engage in the battle. We need to engage in community. We need to engage in prayer. We should be on our knees in prayer daily for our city, our state, our country, and, and for our world. And praying and asking God to intercede and to intervene and to use us to do it. We need to be engaged in serving. We need to be engaged in giving. We need to be engaged in inviting people to be a part of this because, this because church is what is missing in this world today. And we need to invite people. We need to honestly, we need to look at this like we are on a search and rescue mission because quite frankly, we are. And we are the essential workers. Church is not a place we go. It is who we are. This building is awesome. This building is amazing, and I love it. And I love that though this building is great and God has blessed us immensely with this, this is our home base to be sent out because we are the church. I know we've heard that a million times, but here's a million and one because we need to be maybe reminded of that. 
is that we are the church. And that's why the connection point for this morning is really just a version of the words of Jesus, which is this, is that we are the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen? Do we believe that? We are the church. Will you stand with me? We're going to do something a little bit different right now. Because we are the church and we have been commanded and we have been charged to engage in the war. We have the spirit of faith, not fear. We have the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And we are united around one mission against one enemy. That's who we need to be. This is an open invitation because I think there are a lot of people who have disconnected from the church. This is an open invitation for people who have disconnected from the church to reconnect and come back. And for those who feel like something is missing, to find the community that can only be provided from God and from his church, from his chosen vehicle, from the church, the way that Jesus intended it to be. You are essential. Be the church. You bow your heads with me. It is time for us to step up as we move into the fall because of the one who gave his life for you and for me, the, the only reasonable response is for us to give our lives to him. God has been moving in so many mighty and powerful ways during this time and during this season. You can feel it, you can see him moving, but if all we're doing is focusing on the outside stuff and we're not engaged in the war, we're not gonna see it. But I can tell you, I have seen it in so many amazing ways. I've had some amazing conversations and seen God move in some mighty and powerful ways through his church. And I believe that there are a lot of people who need the church and we need to be the church. We are the church and we exist for the work and the mission that he has given us. And so as we pray, will you ask God to do something mighty in your life, to do something mighty in your heart and to use you as an essential worker? Father, I thank you so much for the call that you have given us. Lord, we are your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Lord, you have empowered us with the Holy Spirit and we want to do your work. We want to be on mission for you with the other 167 hours that we have during the week, not just now. Lord, there is a world that needs the church and we need to go out and be that. And Father, I pray that if there is one here or one that's watching online and, or listening, God, that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that, that they would find the community and they would find the, um, the love and acceptance that only comes from you and that they would begin that relationship with you, God, to be a part of your church. Lord, all we have to do is, is admit that we're a sinner and that we need you and that we would believe that you are who you said you were, as Peter said to you. And confess, put our trust in you. Lord, I pray that that would happen today. Holy Spirit, that you would continue to move in a powerful and mighty way. God, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for using us and wanting to use us. In Jesus' name, amen.